Hi, it's Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt Guy. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to learn more about money, credit, and debt, or you're one of the many good people out there with bad debt and you want it to go away. But stick with me. Together we can make that happen. Either way, I'm here for you, and I believe a better and more financially successful future is ahead. It can be within your grasp. I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you find this or any of my podcasts helpful, please take a moment and leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback and opinion matter to me. And if I've done a good job, your review helps others to find the podcast as well. And while you're there leaving your review, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Last piece of housekeeping. If you have a question or comment you'd like to hear on an upcoming podcast, you can leave me a voice message at getoutofdebt.org slash message. Or leave me a question for me to answer on my website by going to getoutofdebt.org slash question. Thank you so much for being a great listener, and I'm sending you a giant virtual hug in return. And now, on with the podcast. Hi, this is Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt guy from getoutofdebt.org. Today I have two guests with information to share from inside the debt relief industry and from more of a consumer advice point of view. My first guest is Alex Vieco from New Era Debt Solutions. Alex is the vice president and co-founder of New Era Debt Solutions in California and has just stepped forward in a bold move to separate his company from the bad actors in the debt relief world. My second guest is Adam Baker from the website manversusdebt.com. Adam is a writer that has journaled his way out of debt and has a lot of good advice to share. Stand by. Here we go. This is Steve Rode from GetOutOfDebt.org, your Get Out of Debt guy. I just had some breaking news. I need to share it with you. It's only a few minutes old, and it's pretty, it's, it's pretty important, actually, because in the debt settlement industry, the, uh, there have been very few companies that have been willing to take bold steps and to speak out against some of the bad actions in the debt settlement industry, and... New Era Debt Solutions has just returned from the Debt Settlement Leadership Conference in Las Vegas, is totally disgusted, has submitted their letter of resignation to the Association of Settlement Companies, and I am going to talk to them right now. I'm here with Alex Vecchio from New Era Debt Solutions, and Alex has just dropped a bombshell. Apparently, after attending the Debt Settlement Leadership Conference in Las Vegas last weekend, you came to some pretty stunning conclusions about the debt settlement industry, didn't you? Well, we came to the realization that uh, the industry or the vast majority, uh, the bulk of the industry, is going to try to continue to operate in ways that we don't uh, agree with, which is uh, trying to find a way around the FTC ruling. I know the FTC ruling is a little bit harsh uh, because it doesn't allow us to collect any fees up front uh, considering the cost of marketing, but it is certainly something that you can live with and work with. Uh, we've been working with a performance bo- uh, model for now over 10 years and certainly are still here, and uh, I think it's a great solution 
for everybody. You know, you you um, not only are the the vice president of New Era, but you're also the co-founder. And this is New Era Debt Solutions has been your baby from the beginning. You've had input, and you've always done this on a performance-based model. You've seen the debt settlement industry change a lot over the past five or ten years, and uh, you know by your actions today, I don't think you thought that was for the best. But right now, who do you think makes up the bulk of the industry? Are these guys that want to do good or guys that are just trying to make a profit on the back of consumers? I honestly, uh, at this point, I have to believe it's just people that are looking out for their own pocketbooks. I don't think that, uh, for the most part, a lot of these uh, groups are looking at uh, from the perspective of a hardworking uh, consumer that's run a- upon hard times. Uh, it-, it appeared to me more like they were looking at how am I going to make my next big house payment or a nice car payment as opposed to how am I going to help consumers get out of debt. We come from financial planning background, my partner and I, therefore, we've always looked at helping people get out of debt as a tool to help them improve their finances. So it wasn't far-fetched for us to be able to go out there and do a performance model. We don't have any problem with performing. So listen, you, you already turned in your resignation to the Association of Settlement Companies task, and uh, you've told them, you know, we're out. We're not playing this game anymore. So let's just lay it on the table and, and talk honestly. What was it specifically at the conference that turned your stomach? Uh, I think more than anything is that everybody's trying to um, go to what's called an attorney model, which they pretty much, uh, they're, they're trying to find the loopholes within the law uh, to try and, and, you know, make attorneys exempt. I think the spirit of the law is pretty clear. Uh, when they do talk about a face-to-face meeting with a consumer, they mean a face-to-face meeting in the, the, the course of regular business. You know, as an attorney, you would meet with your clients. Uh, but when you're dealing with debt settlement and you're going to have an, you know, a notary or a third party just show up to get the signatures, I don't think that's what the law intended, and I don't think the FTC is going to take that lightly. And definitely want to separate myself and ourselves from anything remotely close that is not in compliance with the FTC ruling. So these guys that, that don't want to play by the rules and they want to go their own way, do they not think that regulators are not watching out for them? I think that, uh, you know, what happens is egos get in the way and uh, they're looking at, you know, getting opinions from people that may be tainted, you know, to a certain degree because they they, they want these uh, loopholes to be official loopholes. But I think uh, if we're not careful as an industry, uh, my biggest fear is that obviously the Schumer bill would be passed. And if the Schumer bill gets passed, everybody in this industry is going to shut down both the good and the not so good. Uh, And it's real simple because there's no way to do proper debt settlement without the overhead that it takes. So with the Schumer bill, it would uh, put such a restriction on fees that just about every company would not be able to survive under that format. So in debt settlement today, you've got the good guys that are complying, and then you have the opposite of the good guys doing the rest of the stuff. It's and a very small room. In <laughs> well, that's, that's true, my friend. I've been telling you that. <laughs> but the, uh, do you think the bad guys that don't want to comply, they're just look at it as a pump them and dump them? Uh, operation right now that they're just going to max? I think they may have intentions of settling the debt, but I don't know that they're going to have the opportunity to do so. I'm very confident in uh, 
that the FTC is going to, you know, come out blazing. And my only concern is that uh, hopefully they understand that there is a group of people, and particularly we have always been outspoken about doing things the right way since we became compliant from the moment it got announced. We didn't have to become compliant until the end of this month. But there's a group of people that do want to reach out and help consumers. And the bottom line is we can all get in, in, in the mix and say it's about me, it's about me, but it's truly about the consumer. What if the consumer doesn't have debt settlement as an option, what option do they have? It's a bankruptcy or credit counseling. And neither of those two are the answer to most of America's problems today. People can pay back some of the debt. They just have to find somebody that can negotiate uh, effectively on their behalf and find a, a strike a happy medium ground for everybody. Now, just recently, I published the marketing rules for uh, an attorney model debt settlement company, Legal Helpers Debt Resolution. Mm-hmm. And the rules were very specific and they made a lot of sense. But do you think these affiliates out there, these associated companies that are trying to get around the rule, you think they're going to play by the rules? I think they're going to they're going to interpret the laws to be those rules. Um, you know, they're they're going to find. You know, I guess it's, uh, every human being is somewhat guilty of that. You know, to draw a circle around themselves and kind of say everybody else is is not complying with this. But I think that in this case, uh, the reason we are going to be far more outspoken than we ever have is because now the FBC has set a rule in place where we can certainly be outspoken and know that we are complying with everything that the FTC has uh, has asked. And if you do so, uh, you can still operate. You can operate a, a successful business and help a lot of people. And there's nothing wrong with making money by performing a true service for people. I don't believe so. No, there's nothing and, wrong with that. And, and I think that consumers not only uh, want this kind of service, need this kind of service, but they're willing to refer people to this type of service they just don't need to be taken advantage of. You know, I think the, I think the, uh, the issue is that it's not if a fee is charged, it's if the consumer receives value for what they're paying for. Exactly. Yeah, and there's, you know, the, 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 the loop, the, the ideas that, are, uh, that came out of that meeting to me were beyond belief how people were trying to sell. Uh, they, well, some of the concepts are, well, we'll just sell a, you know, some kind of an education kit and mark it up, you know, 900, 1,000% and then do that settlement as a side and it won't tie one to the other. You know, the FTC, you have to get, uh, you know, they, they, these are not dumb people. that they're, they're, they're hardworking attorneys that work for the government, and they're not going to be, you know, you're not going to pull the wool over their eyes so easily. So I think it's ludicrous for people to think that, uh they can just get an opinion from somebody and say, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, you, I, I, compliance, full compliance is what I, I believe everybody's going to have to go through or the, the people that are going to last are going to have to go through full compliance. Uh, and I think that's actually a good thing because in some of the states uh, where debt settlement is not welcome right now, uh, with full compliance, maybe the FTC ruling, now that it's a federal ruling, uh, might open up some states that uh, currently are not open to debt settlement. Well, I agree. I fully agree. Did you see the uh, the product, the iPad education course there? Was that marketed? Yes. Yeah, there's the iPad. There's the the different educational kits. There's the, you know, I, you know jokingly around. I mean, somebody even threw out the, the term, well, we can sell them a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, those things, you know, I believe in high ethics. Um, I, every one of us, regardless of what business we run or what have you, we're all consumers. 
and for a moment we have to put ourselves in the consumer state of mind uh, when they're looking for this type of product particularly you're dealing with people's finances it's not something you can take lightly no no you have a i believe that you have a fiduciary duty to do the right thing uh, on the uh, on the iPad kit i wrote about that in this past week but i didn't know what the the sales price of that was i knew that the commission was $300 and they were talking about 30 bucks a month or something what was the suggested retail price for that thing? I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, somewhere around $350 or something along those lines. Hmm. Yeah. All right, so what other things were discussed uh, on how to get around the law besides... I, I think, you know, like anything else, I think there was more uh, a clear dividing guideline. You know, I think, you know, it's, it's how you read and interpret the, the ruling. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ruling states that if you altered the debt in any way, uh, that's when you can go ahead and trigger the fee. Well, what could, anything could be altered the debt, but I think the FTC was not, you know, pinpoint clear on what that meant. And when we're talking about debt settlement, I think that's exactly what they, inter- they, they meant. It, what were some of the interpretations of altering the debt? Uh, changing the interest, lowering the yeah. payment, yeah. Uh, all the things that any of us with uh, common sense would say, well, <laughs> that's not really what was intended there. And I think the FTC is not going to take this lightly. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak to a gentleman who is uh, with a government agency and has mentioned to me that the FTC is uh, packed and ready, if you will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and those are the things that, you know, as an industry, and for us, as a, I believe us to be an industry leader, we have to take that extremely serious. And uh, I certainly don't want to be uh, associated with anybody who's uh, not going to comply 100% with the ruling. So what's your best guesstimate out of all of the debt settlement companies that are operating right now? What, what number do you think are good compliance companies like yourselves? It will probably fall in less than the 50, less than 40 rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, of all the companies that are out there, I think less than 50 companies will come out and say, okay, we're going to go ahead and be compliant. There is a slight adjustment that all of us have to uh, make, and, you know, this is where if you run a good business, you have to just bite the bullet for a few months. But if you're focusing on doing what, com- what uh, the consumers are hiring you for, they're hiring you, hiring you to settle debt. So that's what we should be doing, settling debt. So what's your hiring us to enroll people. Since the conference was in Vegas, I'm going to ask you for a betting answer from you what what's your uh, estimate of uh these uh cowboys screwing things up and killing the industry altogether because of their bad acts oh, i'm a betting man in the positive sense because i've been doing this like i said for over a decade so i'm gonna bet that the good people will prevail i think this is a vindication for any of us who have always performed based on uh on results um i think more than ever the the ftc wants to see that I think uh, in due time, uh, probably within the first uh, six months of next year, you will see a clear indication of those companies that will do that will survive, and a clear indication of those companies that will be shut down or will be shutting down on their own. All right. Well, uh, Alex Vecchio from New Era Debt Solutions, I want to welcome you to the, the good side. Not that you haven't always been there, but it's... oh yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute, we've always been on the good side. <laughs> but but uh, you've taken some very brave and decisive action to uh, you know put your name and reputation out there as you know we're not going to take it anymore, and I, I applaud you for that. Well, I thank you, and I hope to, uh, you know, keep helping consumers in in many ways. So, 
Uh, if we can keep getting the word out about the ruling, uh, that's something that every consumer needs to be more uh, made more aware of because I don't think uh, there's been enough coverage on that. All right. Well, thank you, Alex. All right. Thank you, Steve. Adam Baker from the website manversusdebt.com. Adam, who goes by Baker, lives an adventurous, insightful, and somewhat torturous financial life. He's laid <laughs> it all out there for readers to see in the past, and he's gone so far to list his income and expenses each month to allow readers to poke internally inside his financial life. Welcome, Baker. Thank you. What, a, what an amazing introduction. I will try to, try to live up to that. That was a good one. You know, we, your website is Man versus Debt. But I, I want to make sure that everybody understands that the URL is manvsdebt.com. That's correct. That's correct. Man versus debt, manvsdebt.com. You know, that, not that long ago, you were living in New Zealand, I was, and I was tracking your travels all around the world. Uh, now you're back in the U.S. What's your life like now? Well, um, we did. We took a year after after we kind of got it. We paid off our consumer debt and decided to spend a year traveling abroad. And that was a really interesting time for us, from both a personal finance standpoint, from a consumerism standpoint, while we were being while we were mobile. When we came back to the U.S., we decided that we were going to take a little break from traveling. We had been fairly mobile during our travel, and we had our Milligan was one at the time, and so we had uh, we had a lot of ups and downs on the road. And we said, you know what, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a six month break, move back, and visit with family. That was a, probably a good decision. The bad because we were, we had our guard down. And when we came back, we, we rented a three-bedroom house, which was way more than we needed. And we immediately had seven rooms that we needed to fill with stuff. And we had two backpacks of stuff, so we had nothing. And so we started back into that kind of consumerism, unconscious lifestyle. Not a whole lot, but for us, um, we, had been, we had done so well at getting momentum in our life that we kind of had a little bit of a relapse. Um, and I'm not blaming that on the American society, although our consumerist society definitely makes it easy to, to, to relapse. Um, so now we've sort of realized, hey, you know, let's not fall back into that trap we were. And we've, we've sort of taken that dip and we're, we're trying to head in the right direction moving forward. Now, what was that process like for you when you realized uh, all of a sudden that you were spending and accumulating to fill a physical void? Um. I rejected it at first, right? You know, I run a financial website. Oh, yeah, not you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, no one can know, especially. Um, uh, you know, so we rejected it at first, thinking that you know this was a, you know, we we things weren't out of control. We still knew where things were going. We still knew where our money was going, and um, and then it was just fed up because it was one of those things like you know better that you know. Um, that uh, okay, not only for the site because that's never our motivation, but um, in some respect, the site did help with the accountability. I'm like, you know, I'm writing about this. You know, I have a community of people who like think my story is inspiring. What am I doing? Uh, what am I doing to myself here? And so, I never do anything for the site, but this was one instance where the site kind of kicked me in the butt again. You know, some of that external influence said, hey, you know, not only do this for yourself, but you know, you've built this community. Uh, of people that are kind of, you know, count on you to to not slack off here, you know, and so and these are our own goals anyway. So that was a that was a 
that was kind of the thought process when we went through it. <laughs> was is Man versus Debt your full time gig? It is, and um, actually, Man versus Debt has been my full time gig the the entire time. Now I say that, and I've gone through periods of creative burnout, um, like any, I'm sure you're Don't very familiar all. with. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I sold my property management business, which is what I was into before Milligan was born. I sold that when she was born, and um, I was a stay at home dad for six months and then I was a stay-at-home dad blogger slash traveler almost full-time traveler for the next six to twelve months and so um, I've, I'm a fr- I've been freelance writing as well but between freelance writing and man versus debt and Courtney teaching here and there that's been our full-time income so you know your focus is on how to do better financially while mine is all about helping people that dig themselves out of the immediate you know I I feel like I'm the emergency room and you're the general practitioner <laughs> that's <laughs> very good very good for me to uh, read a, a reader question from the getoutofdebt.org site and then uh, put both of our, our brains into the pod. Sure. All right, so Rebecca writes, a year ago, my pay was cut 40%. I spiraled into debt, and now I'm $23,000 in credit card debt. I've kept my rent, car, phone current, but was unable to make the minimum payments on the credit cards. I'm in a situation where I can start to pay them back, but I don't know where to start. Please help. That that's a that's a tough situation. It sounds like at the beginning of that question, I thought she was going to blame, I thought she was going to blame external influences. Like I thought she was going to blame the income and start to project that away. But then she finished up by really taking accountability for it. She paid what she could when she could, and she let the things that the the, the non necessity slip. And so I think that's actually a really empowering example of kind of how to take that hit and keep going. So my advice for her on where to start. Um, would be to, first of all, she has to know who she owes and, and how much. Um, she, has to, she has to understand the problem before she can decide how to tackle it. So um, I would go to annualcreditreport.com and I would pull a free report if she hasn't already used that up um, uh, from all three bureaus. Hopefully she has that available to her. If not, I would pay for a credit report because she needs to look at that and get into it. I would sit down. Um, if it's just her, hopefully with a friend or with someone that um, she trusts and that is a good financial influence and that will donate a couple hours of time to really help her plan out how much she owes, where's the interest rates, and how to get in contact with those Accountability, people. that's always good. Yeah, so have somebody else because she didn't mention being married. She didn't mention any of that stuff. So I, I have a feeling that she's overwhelmed from going at it alone. <laughs> but that, you know, that's an assumption. But if she didn't have anyone there, get a friend. Get somebody else that's going to kind of help her through and can maybe even provide some advice. And um, how I suggest that she pays off debt is that she sends at least a little bit or um, it it depends on how long she hasn't been paying, I should say. (laughs) If she hasn't paid them in a long time, I would not wake them all up at the same time. Um, I, I I would choose the one that she was most emotionally attached to. That's just my option for paying off debt. So if there was a small debt that she knew she could knock out, or there was a certain debt that she just hated herself for getting into, maybe she owed a family member or something like that, I would suggest she started there. By default then, if she doesn't have any emotional attachment, I would suggest she started with the smallest debt, and um, that's how we proceeded, and that's what I would suggest to her. Um, and, and then pick two or three and wake those up at a time and start sending them the minimum payments, get those caught up when she can afford to wake up another one. Wake up another one. But through this all, make sure she has an emergency fund so it doesn't all blow up in her face. So that's, in, that's, a, that's a lot, but that, that would be where I would start. You know, you come at it from a, a good point, and that is 
that I think that you realize that debt is not about the credit card. It's about the underlying issues that got you into debt. Yep. And one of the things that concerned me in her question was that she said, I spiraled into debt and I'm now $23,000 in credit card debt. In a situation like this, I think an awareness about how you got into debt, kind of you know that financial autopsy about uh, what led you into that situation is important so that you don't repeat that situation again. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a that's a that's a great point because twenty three thousand dollars in credit card debt is a lot. Recently, you released a book that people can buy on your site and they can download. You were kind enough to send me a copy of it. It looks great. I read through it all, uh, <laughs> but I thought it'd be meaningful for you to describe the benefits of how to unautomate your financial life. Unautomating your financial life is sort of a fun term. I don't know if anyone used that automate, but that's the term that Courtney and I applied when we really sat down and started to break into our financial life. And there were two big components of unautomation for Courtney and I. The first was the actual tangible simplifying of our financial life. That involved simplifying our financial accounts. That involved cutting up our credit cards so that we did not have those accounts and those um, those avenues in our life. Um, that involved a lot of the just paring down with possessions even, just a lot of just simplifying how we approached our finances, budgeting by hand, that kind of thing. The other aspect of it was just making sure that we were much more conscious of, of our choices and our spending. And these went hand in hand. The more simple we made the tangible aspects of our dealing with our finances, we found the more conscious we were of our spending choices. Um, and so those two elements, an increase in consciousness, which you know we could talk about this for however long you wanted, but there's a lot that went into that increased consciousness. And then there was a lot of um, things that we chose to do to actually simplify our tangible accounts. But doing those two things hand in hand is what we call unautomating our finances. Getting more in touch with your finances is sort of a foo-foo way of saying it. Um, and that's, that's what the guide is about. It's our process, our journey, our exploration, and all of the juicy tips and, and strategies that we found and that came out of it. Sort of like a personal finance thesis, if you will. Um, there's of, a lot of value. Uh, there's a lot of tactile value in not paying that bill online but actually using an envelope method where you're stuffing the cash in the envelope. Yep, yep. I tell a story in the book about being in the grocery store. And um, when we used to swipe the credit card, we used to think, can we pay this at the end of the month? And then, of course, the answer was like always yes. Like, oh, yeah, we'll come, we'll, you know, we'll come up with it because it was unconscious. It was, there was multiple layers. When we used our debit card, mm -hmm. we said, do we have enough money in the bank? <laughs> because we didn't want to bounce it. Right. And so that was a, still a layer but a little bit less. And we more consciously had to think, do we actually have the money for this? But when you actually sit with an envelope in cash, it sounds elementary. It sounds like, I don't need this. You know, I'm an adult. But when you actually look at it and you're like, the bill is $80 and I have $60 in my envelope, there's no better slap in the face than, hey, you aren't budgeting. You aren't, you know, you need to put something back. And when you're 26 year old with a kid and, and you run a financial website and you're putting stuff back at the grocery store, then all of a sudden it kind of hits you that, okay, this is for real. You know, I'm doing this because I want to, because I want to budget my money so I can spend it in better ways. Um, so I'm the one leading this. But this is the most tangible way to do it. And so it's those kind of things that helped us unautomate or simplify our, li our financial life. In your book, you talk about dreaming, dreaming being important. I always think that in getting out of debt, you need to know what the goal is. You need to know where you're going so you can plan the journey. What's yep. the benefit of dreaming for you? I think that um, we found out that the bigger we dream, 
the more quickly and the more easy it is to get out of uh, any problems that we get into or to just accomplish our general goals. Um, when we decided to sell everything we own, pay off $18,000 in debt and, and spend a year traveling abroad, that was very, very ambitious for us. We had uh, – that required us to live on about a third of our income, which we would have – if we just wanted to say, you know what? Getting out of debt is good. It's good for you. you know, that's why I can't lose weight because I keep thinking that losing weight is good for me. That, that doesn't work for people. That's not – I mean for most people I should say. That that's not for me. That <laughs> people don't get wealthy because it's, because it's good. It's because they attach extreme emotional value um, to something. Sometimes it's bad, and, and that's obviously not what we want to do. And other times you can set positive goals for your life and then attach those emotionally. So to make it really tangible, we did things like put pictures of Milligan on our credit cards when we were trying to pay them off. So that every time we went to use our credit card, bam, there's our, there's our daughter. She was the impetus for our turnaround. She's the, she's the reason why everything that we do, she's the reason for everything we do. But, you know, this was very motivating for us. And, Did it and stop you? Sometimes, sometimes I can't say we never made an impulse purchase, but you know, at times it did where we, we looked and thought about that. Other people do dream boards or they change their, their background or they change their passwords to, to debt free, you know, not, don't put all your passwords to debt free to your friend, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Their, their passwords, their desktop, their, their poster on the wall. Um, we're all pushing them to, uh, accomplish their financial goals. All right, Baker, it's been a real joy. I've taken up quite too much of your time. <laughs> not fan. at all. Not at all. I'm a real fan of your site and, uh, I, I just can't wait to see where you go next. Well, thank you, Steve. Um, as you know, early on, like I said, you've been doing it a lot longer than I have, and, and your site uh, was a big influence on me in getting started. So it's awesome to finally uh, get the time to talk face-to-face, -face, and I appreciate you having me on for the interview. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Did you like this show and want to hear more? Well, just subscribe via iTunes or subscribe to the free RSS feed from the getoutofdebt.org site. You'll find the links for all of this on the right-hand side of the site. Do you have a question you'd like to ask? No problem. Visit getoutofdebt.org and follow the links to ask your question online. A new week is upon us, and I can't wait to see what happens this week to change the face of getting out of debt and debt relief services. It's never a dull time when it comes to getting out of debt. Thanks for joining us. This is Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt guy, urging you to practice safe debt till we meet again. Bye-bye.